Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today joined with Ben Higgins, president and co-founder of Generous International. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Guys Like Us podcast. First of all, thanks so much for joining today. Uh, Grateful and happy to have you here with me and Ben Higgins, president and co-founder of Generous International. If you're a longtime listener, I hope that you enjoyed this new episode. If this is your first time, well, you tuned in for a good episode as well. Before we get going, um, since y'all have been so supportive of the Guys Like Us podcast, I'm going to do a little giveaway. Uh, So if you go online and go to your Instagram account, uh, go on to Instagram, follow official guys like us, and you like the latest podcast episode post with Ben, and then also comment one friend in the comment section, uh, you have a chance of winning a brand new journal. I'm a big uh, advocate and proponent of journaling. Uh, it has some custom lettering on it as well. It has the Greek word for disciple, which is Methides, written on the front text. So if you'd like to be entered for that giveaway, go online now uh, and like and follow and share in the comments with one other friend as well for the guys like us podcast episode with Ben Higgins. Uh, But today with Ben, I'm really excited to bring this to you and uh, hop into this conversation. Um, But many of y'all may know Ben from The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelorette, um, but has also done a lot of incredibly great work with Generous International, Generous Movement, Generous Coffee and uh, and all the above, um, which all kind of play off each other as well. Um, so if you're not familiar, um, what, what this organization and movement is doing is bringing life change by designing specifically to create and multiply good in the world. I enjoy hearing Ben's uh, perspective and story because he comes with a fresh light uh, of pursuing truth, seeing the importance of people, um, and seeing the importance of people by loving on them. Uh, looking people and seeing through their eyes, uh, no matter whatever role you're in, as a customer, the employee in the United States, or as an employee in Haiti, uh, we see commonalities in supporting a greater cause, loving one another. Um, I share a bit more about Ben's backstory. Uh, and he opens up and discusses his time in D- Indiana. Uh, we get into uh, his faith walk, um, looking at different biblical figures in the Bible as well. Um, what is your impression on Paul? Uh, what did he speak about in the Bible? Um, getting to the core of these questions uh, might help you pursue truth and help you interpret the Bible uh, again in this seeking truth mindset and mentality. We discuss some, as Ben says, hairy topics, uh, getting into belief system and operating outside of what we think is right. Um, but I, I strongly believe and encourage uh, for everyone to, to go down to these to these quote-unquote fundamental truths uh, to really see and figure out what we believe in. And I know for me, it's I've always wound up uh, being stronger in these beliefs as well. Um, among this, uh, we discuss a lot more, uh, but you can find more about Ben at info at generousmovement.com if you want to get involved. So let's turn on over to the conversation with Ben. So to kick things off, uh, I would love to just to to dive in and really hear a bit more about what you're doing right now with Generous International, 
generous movement, generous coffee, kind of all of the above. Um, so obviously a company designed to create and multiply good in the world. So I just want to hear a bit more about this concept and really the, the vision you have behind this. And then, you know, I, I see movement and I want to know kind of what separates a, a movement from, from generous coffee as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so today, my, my full-time job is operating um, the day-to-day operations of Generous International. We're best known as Generous Coffee Company, hmm. um, just based on what we you know have marketed and branded ourselves the most of. And, uh, and what Generous was designed to do, it uh, started two years ago. Uh, I sit on the board of a nonprofit called Humanity and Hope United. Hmm. I was founded by one of my best friends. And we wanted to find a sustainable way to fundraise for our operation, our operational expenses for the nonprofit. Um, and then we thought, you know, what if we built a for-profit company that could sell products and then benefit multiple nonprofits or just multiple social causes that we believed in and that were bringing love uh, to humans around the world, uh, both here in the United States and then abroad. So Generous was founded uh, with the idea that we could sell products uh, with a story behind them um, of the highest quality. And so our coffee, for example, is all specialty grade coffee. It's single origin. It's traceable. Um, it's roasted uh, by a, a business partner of ours that has a same, similar model that we do. We sell that coffee then online and at uh, coffee st- stores around the country. Uh, and then we donate 15 to 17% of our revenue each quarter the social causes that are fighting injustices that are affecting humans. And so in short, Generous exists to sell products of the highest quality um, that bring life change to the world. And then your second question was, you know, why a movement? Mm. And one thing that happened when we were uh, starting Generous was that we were talking to more and more people about this idea. And people were, were, for the most part, very supportive. But they kept saying, oh, I wish I could find a way to get involved. Oh, I wish I could find a way to make an impact. So our idea was why, you know, why run this just with us? Let's let's make this a movement. Let's operate and, and manage this with open hands and ride the wave at which God's going to take us down. Hmm. And so if more and more people want to get involved, we just need to build this to allow as many people as possible to get involved and have an impact. Because honestly, if you break it all down, just like in any business, the consumer is the hero and the employees, you know, come in a close second. And so we wanted to make sure that, the consumers felt like they were making an impact because they are. Mm. But then the employees or anybody that wants to be a part of it could join us um, without restriction to continue to represent Generous as well. Wonderful. So so one thing I, I really love about Generous is um, really the, the focus of a for-purpose, I believe, company, right? That That's one of your headlines and, and really highlighting that. And I think, I think sometimes there's a lot of kind of misconceptions or perceptions of of, um, of, you know, people who are doing this type of work, but then there's not a lot of transparency of where everything is going behind the scenes, right? And I think, I think Tom's was kind of the, 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 that first mover kind of that was, you know, that did the one for one and really started to create like a social enterprise type movement. And I think that's something that's incredibly cool is again, in 15 to 17% going to um, to a cause or a community or organization that's fighting injustices. So I want to know kind of how, how did you, have you seen kind of injustice and especially kind of in the lens of the life that Jesus led and kind of looking at it from a faith perspective as well? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I think 
I think for for me and my own personal relationship with Jesus, I, I see one thing always being at the forefront of his his thought, and it's people. Mm. Uh, it's relationships. It's loving on people. It's meeting people where they're at. It's getting in the dirt with people. It's it's building gritty relationships. And what I mean by that is is building relationships that aren't just um, always fun, aren't just always uh, about the good times. I mean, it's about when people are struggling, getting there with them and spending time beside them. And so for Generous, we want to invest into nonprofits or social causes that are alleviating any type of injustice um, that is existing in their lives that is unnecessary. And, and I think that, you know, injustice in general is unnecessary. So we like to stay um, honestly within a few lanes uh, when we invest into um, uh, nonprofits or social causes. We like to invest in the education. We like to invest in the healthcare, leadership, the infrastructure, um, the economy, and and then I'm, I'm forgetting one right now. Um, <laughs> I, six, sometimes with six, you get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, but we've, we've kind of targeted these, um, these six pillars because it keeps us within our lane, and it keeps us uh, fighting the fight to allowing. Oh, oh, sorry, the last one is healthcare. Yeah, of course I forget it. So, um, and w- w- so far we've seen all over the world stories being told. Of when you know the when money is donated to the proper places, and pe- people are using these funds efficiently and effectively, um, people who have typically felt forgotten can now f- not feel forgotten. People who lacked opportunity now have opportunity. Uh, right now in Honduras, um, our last quarter, we really worked with Humanity Hope United to alleviate to alleviate the the issue of women not having jobs. And so as of today, one of the communities that we invested in now, uh, I think the number sits today at 90% of the women who wanted jobs now have jobs mm-hmm. based on us being able to uh, build small businesses in their communities based on the money that was raised through generous. So that's one of the, the, the ways. Uh, another one is we have four kids for the first time ever going to secondary school. Um, the, the, which is huge. And the other part the, the final one I'll share, and there's a ton of stories to this is our T-shirts are made out of plastic bottles in Haiti by single mothers. Mm. And uh, I think over 400 women now have jobs in Haiti because of this program uh, that a company called All Made started and that we've partnered with them on. And so all of this to be said is when you intentionally invest your time and your effort into things that are they're doing good in the world, um, I believe it is blessed. Mm. Awesome. Um, so I want to transition a little bit and uh, kind of like um, – Look a, bat, a little bit more into your backstory. Obviously, it's, it's safe to say a lot of people know you from your time on The Bachelor, Bachelorette. But you know, that's looking at your life. That's you know, that's a small portion of of, of what you've you know your time here. And I want to look back to your to your childhood and, and kind of look back at uh, your times in Indiana and hear a bit more about your faith story and kind of how this has continued to lead to where to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. I mean. You know, I think uh, my faith story is is not um, anything incredibly unique in, in, in terms of how God has worked in a lot of people's lives. And, mm-hmm. and I've accepted that and, and in, in a sense have, have enjoyed that. But I grew up in Indiana, um, an incredible family. Um, I'm an only child and I was raised in the church. I actually come from Winona Lake, Indiana, which 
for a long time was the method uh, was the um, Methodist capital of uh, the world. So obviously, with that, you get a very conservative and 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 a very uh, if you were not a believer in Jesus, you were um, the minority mm-hmm. in that town. And and so it surrounded me with a lot of people fervently fighting to share Jesus' name. And that was incredible to me. Uh, it was a great way for me to raise. But at some point in my life, I had to take ownership in my own faith. And I think just like most people, there's a lot of questions that surround any type of um, large ideals when it comes to this world or any type of un, um, unseen entities. And so I had to fight hard to keep this faith. And I had to fight hard to understand truth. And so in college, um, you know, through seasons of doubt and through seasons of questioning, I came down to one thing and it was, I want to know truth to whatever that is. I want to know what is true. I want to live my life in accordance to what is true and what is real and what is fact. And I couldn't get Jesus out of, out of my thoughts. Um, the more and more I studied Jesus, the more and more true he became, the more and more I studied Jesus, the more and more, um, alive I felt, the more and more I studied Jesus, the more um, I came with a foundation of going, Jesus is it. Jesus is truth. And so based on that, that's where my faith started to build, is who is Jesus? What has he called me to do? And all the questions outside of that are important, and I want to pursue them, but they go through the filter of um, of truth, and the truth is in Jesus. So anyways... Mm. That's my story, you know. Through a lot of struggles, a lot of pains, a lot of questioning, um, I, I've, you know, I stand here today confidently saying that um, if if there's one thing that you say, Ben, what is real and what is true in the world, I would say um, Jesus is. And so this is where Generous came in. Honestly, um, it's it's kind of where uh, the, my ride on the Bachelor came in. Uh, Jesus uh, has, I think, spoke very clearly in a lot of ways. Um, to a lot of people, um, especially through the Bible, and the Bible is, is is a book built on a lot of people's stories of interaction with God, and and, and Jesus said, "Ben, live your life like." And, and I remember this conversation. It was one of the only times that I, you know, have meditated and felt like I got a really clear response. But it was when I was struggling with some some big questions, and I felt like Jesus uh, really spoke into me and said, "Ben, live your life like it could be written about in the Bible because it could." And I said, what does that mean? And he goes, this is, these are my followers. These are the people that were disciples of me who had their struggles, who had their issues. But ultimately, um, it was stories of their interaction um, with a with God. And so from that point on, the bachelor was pretty clear to me. Is Sometimes in the Bible, there's people that are saying yes to things that are a little confusing, um, things that seem a little dark, but they're bringing light to those situations. And... Um, and then it's also how generous it started with my faith in Jesus and that my faith that um, Jesus would be faithful um, through a risk of, you know, leaving a job and pursuing this company. Hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think starting to live our lives more like they are they're st- striving to. I think it's a continuous process of striving to live your life as as you see it in the Bible. And But it's interesting, too, because we, you know, we have we respect highly and we think of, you know, these big Peter and, uh, these, and Paul as, you know, these people that are super sacred, super, you know, like the ideal role model. But again, like these people had incredible pitfalls too, right? Peter 
um, doubted uh, or denied Jesus three times, right? And this is like Jesus' right-hand man. So I, I, I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we, we think that we have to live rather than living for as a story, we're living more under principles, right? And I think there has to be there has to be an engagement and involvement and getting to those those root questions to it, like what is truth? Because I think when we're able to get down to the to these core you know, these core tenets or, or rather these core elements of faith that we can see and it starts to show maybe different things to a situation that we might have society society has deemed in a certain way but rather again as you mentioned and i love this is bringing light to to new places and new spaces and uh, i think that's great how that's continued to flourish and evolve through generous as well yeah I mean, you're you're spot on i think that's what makes makes life exciting you know we do we like to um lift these these biblical characters up and and look at them as as perfect as well and they they weren't um and you're going to find very few people in the Bible that didn't have their struggles, that didn't even speak upon struggle. And I think, you know, that's one of the cool parts about Paul is he speaks so clearly um, on some some of the things that haunt us um, as we live life and the things that tempt us and, and push us down. And, and I think he does that because I think he was oftentimes struggling with the same things. And, and he just had a clarity um, and, and principle set in his life to to say, no, this isn't healthy. Um and he, and he was able to write about it. Now we're able to read it thousands of years later. So, yeah, for me, uh, it's it's a beautiful life um, that involves a lot of Jesus. Um, when we're able to get a little messy and uh, try new things. Mm. Um, one, I think, kind of a, ra- a wave I've been riding, and I think it's been been good for the the, the for the times right now. Is and I think a lot of it's inspired by Bob Goff as well. But this concept of you know doing love and becoming love really rather than just talking about it actually doing and being and i love this idea um and so i wanted to know i know this obviously rooted in love and truth i think is two things when i think about scripture the bible but also the way that you try and live your life as well so want to know how do you try to live uh live through that lens of doing and becoming love which is really jesus core mission um yeah, I think it's I think it's actively and intensively engaging in people, and I think it's a constant struggle for me. Yeah. Um, but one that I, I it's it's a worthy pursuit, and so for me, it's meeting people where they're at. I think oftentimes, most of the time, it's giving up my own self in, interest to put others first. Um, yeah. And, and I think for me, it's. It's it's looking at this world and and looking into the eye and this sounds a little um, uh, just a, a little odd I guess but it's looking into others eyes and act and actually caring um, and I think that might be just the start for a lot of people to to start loving well is just purposely looking into somebody's eyes and actually caring because I don't. I don't know, and I, at least I know in my life, that is something that I've had to practice. It doesn't come naturally at times. There's oftentimes something else in my head, or there's some type of manipulation tactic that I need to get to, or there's something I need out of that person. Mm. And it's when I just sit down and I say, this is, I'm giving up just everything in this moment of that interests myself just to care about you. 
is when life really starts to open up a little bit. Hmm. Um, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I think we, ha- we have to get past the, you know, uh, seeing someone at work or seeing someone in the street. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. And then kind of moving on, getting out of a transaction type culture and more of a relation culture. And that starts with a, be deeply engaging and really like caring and looking into their eyes, as you said, from the get go. And I think it can be really tough and challenging, but I think, um, and, but I think there's nudges too, right? As you, as you said, like you're, you've been able to be more intentional and like you've had to practice it, but, but you know, the truth is there too, right? So it's like you're, you have a, a, like almost a framework, like, you know, that this is what you should be following. So then you just follow it. Right. And I think sometimes that's, we're not even sure that really of what, what that looks like or how it exists. But, um, but no, I agree. I want to, want to know, uh, kind of hop into, um, obviously your time on TV, there's a lot of tension, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, whether external different pressures or internal, uh, as well. And, um, with, with your faith and it's obviously it's, it's different than maybe what it had been in Indiana coming from a place where, as you mentioned, the, the background and the, and the layout was people who are, you know, it's you're in the minority if you're not a believer or you're not in the faith. Right. And, but now coming to a place where uh, Los Angeles or in, uh, you know, Boston, New York, Denver, Chicago, these bigger cities where it might not be as prominent, um, and especially heightened kind of in the, t- in the, in the media TV world as well. Uh, wanted to know kind of what that tension looked like for you and what some of the biggest, what some of the biggest challenges with you, with your faith. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, I have a, you know, and kind of embarrassing a little bit is, um, when, I mean, I went to college at a, in an Indiana university. It's a great school. It was really the first time in my life that I was exposed to people who did not have the same belief system as I do. So I did like every other really strong, confident leader does. I ran to join only Christian organizations and isolate myself and expose myself to a world that was only people that believed the same thing I did. Mm. And it was a terrible, terrible decision on my part. Um, Unfortunately, I grew very little. Um, I was challenged very little. Um, you know, I, I understood the world at a very small level. Uh, and honestly, I did it out of fear and I, and I did it because I was scared that these people who were typically smarter than I was, who were speaking out against the God that I believed in, the God that I loved so dearly, the God that I was holding on to that they would be right and I'd be wrong. And so I ran. And so leaving college, I, I really wasn't tested that much. And anytime I was, I would just go back to my friends and, you know, talk about how crazy the person was who doesn't believe in God. And they would all go, yeah, yeah, they are. They're crazy. And then we'd all feel good and, you know, hmm. go have pancakes. It was, it was a ridiculous <laughs> cycle of life for me. Yeah. Um, so when I went to L.A. for the show, it was really the first time that I was forced into an environment where I was almost having to stand alone in my faith. There were other believers there, but not many. And I, I was one of the first times that I was had to sit down and have conversations that actually were that uh, around God or just around life with people who didn't believe the same thing I did. It was the first time I actually had to accept friendships from people who didn't believe the same thing I did, and it stressed me out. Um, it tore me apart. It confused me. 
Um, it, but it opened my eyes to a world that um, was real and was out there and one that I was naive to. And so it kind of, you know, at 25 years old, it opened up a whole new faith journey for me. Uh, one where a lot of people in life are either becoming, you know, who are really strong believers are either be going to seminary or starting, you know, families. I was just beginning to explore my own faith walk. And, and it, but it was beautiful because it, it allowed me to do it, I guess, in, in a weird sense, alongside of a camera. Um, so a lot of it documented, even if people don't know that I was going through this crazy spiritual journey during the show. I was. I knew it. My closest friends knew it because I could tell them about it. But it was it's beautiful to kind of watch back afterwards and say, yeah, at this time I was growing as a person more than probably ever, while at the same time it was documented on TV. And, uh, and, and that, you know, I, I guess to sum that up, during that whole experience, uh, God was faithful. Mm. And in a time where a lot of people feel like, you know, like I said earlier, it's a godless environment. It just showed me again that there isn't ever an environment that is godless, um, no matter what the circumstances. Mm. Um, well, so I want to, I want to hone in on that. You said there's, uh, sometimes it can feel godless, but there, there, obviously there's moments where, or where you can really see God at work. Were, were there examples, not only with yourself, but maybe on the, sh- during the show or whether on camera or off camera, that where you could see that kind of in real life? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think for me, um, I, I mean, I saw God at work almost every day in, in a mm. sense of, uh, his, his peace and in my life, the confidence that I was able to gain from from stating that I love Jesus, and, and maybe this was it. It was just the the difference that I, the different way I viewed the world compared to people who didn't have the same belief system. I had a I had a comfort, I had a fallback, I had a guidance that maybe others didn't, and that was clear. And I'm, that's not coming from myself; that's coming from them. Because even post show, when I talk to these guys, and I'm like, "Hey, what was different in my you know." time on the show compared to others and they would say it was just you know you have you always had the confidence that there was a god that you could fall back on or that you could fall forward on mm-hmm. and um others don't have that and and you know un- non-believers who do not believe in a god don't have that confidence and so for me that just allowed me to make decisions and to relate in relationships through a filter that others didn't have mm. awesome um, want to know, uh, switching directions, what advice do you have for your younger self? This could be, you know, moments ago, <laughs> years ago, uh, decades ago, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'd say stop being so scared. Stop being fearful that your belief system was going to be wrong. Mm. Um, because even if it is, you're pursuing a truth. And I would hope that in anybody's life that they would pursue truth. And then at the same turn, I would hope that that truth would be Jesus in terms of, I hope, I mean, if we're going to stand here confidently, Tyler, and say that, uh, we believe in a God who is active and relational and real and loving and caring and, and a part of our daily lives. then we, we got to know that that God is real, that, that that's truth. And why are we scared to, to, to question that, to stop pursuing that? 
Um, and so I would just tell my younger self to not be scared that there is a God that loves you dearly, that is not going to leave you alone, that wants to see you alive and active and joyful and celebrating, and that, that God is also going to comfort you in times of need, needs and struggles. So uh, I think life is beautiful, Tyler. I think uh, our, our God is beautiful, mm. and I wish my younger self would have accepted that confidently um, years ago. Mm. You mentioned you speak on uh, on belief system, and I think that word or that really that that concept has kind of heightened recently. And um, this idea that right, whether it's the belief system kind of at a God level, if we believe God, and then even but then belief system goes down and can and can be divisive or almost combative at the Christian level too. We can see belief systems by denomination, um, right? Their core values. Here's our core beliefs. Um, want to know where you are right now? Like, what what are the core like? What are core elements of a belief system for mm-hmm. someone to believe in? Like, to believe the core truths of Jesus, right? Maybe we could phrase it as the core truths of being a Christian. Mm. Uh, this is a hairy question, Tyler. You're <laughs> you're uh, this is an exciting one. This is one that I I love to dig into and. Uh, um, you know, th- this might be shocking. Uh, it might not be uh, widely accepted, and that's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not asking. But my, if if you stood there today and said, Ben, what do you stand firmly on? I would say there's a God above that cares and loves you dearly. That would be my first thing. And, and at times in my life, that might be the only thing that I could confidently say um, is true. And, and so... There are moments in my life where through what whatever scenario, I'd say for, as a Christian, you you just need to know that there's a God that loves you dearly, like that that is willing to give up everything for you. Um, outside of that, to be a Christian or to be a follower of Christ, um, I think it is a life pursuit, and I think to do it well— you need to love people well, and, and what I mean by love, because that's a, it's, it's just a very uh, nowadays it's a flowy word. Um, you need to engage in people's lives intentionally, and you need to give up o- o- your own self interest for the interests of others at times, and 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 in part most of the times, and and you need to be actively engaged in fighting injustices that are affecting people. Um, I think that is what God has called us to. I think that's I think. If it's, I've kind of found comfort recently, Tyler, and just um, Jesus' prayer uh, to bring uh, heaven to earth and to bring his kingdom here. And I think if we can do that actively every day, if we can make decisions consciously every day that are bringing heaven um, here, then we're pursuing um, a mission that he called us to. Mm. Absolutely. And I, 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 um, I enjoy I enjoy hearing that response and getting into this question and um, the I and I think the the purpose is clear the purpose is there but it, to have a purpose there has to be a it has to be a foundation right so it, like we've identified God as a foundation but then also do we ha- like we should do you believe or where you are right now that there has to be the story of the story of Christ has to be true in order for all this to happen. Must there be 
the, the, the death and the resurrection in order for there to be, in order to bring heaven onto earth? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. I think any time uh, there's life, there has to be death. And I think life comes from death. And so I think there has to be resurrection in this world um, for there to be more life in this world. And so I think that makes sense in, in how the, how our world is built. I'm, I'm kind of, it's a, I'm on a kind of a cool quest right now that I've enjoyed. Um, I'm reading a book called In the Hands of a Loving God by Brian Zod. And, and it's, um, it's questioning who actually killed Jesus. And um, that doesn't change Jesus' story. It doesn't change the essence of his power and, and his resurrection, but it's questioning who actually killed Jesus. Was it people? Was it God? Was there a, an atonement? You know, the atonement theory, was there actually an atonement? Hmm. Or did God always love us and he just wanted us um, to survive and thrive and Jesus was the representation of God on earth? So that's all stuff. It's, it's an interesting question to get into for me because hmm. it's all stuff I'm kind of processing through. Ask me in two months, three months, 20 years, and hopefully I have a better answer for you. Um, but I do believe strongly that life was built with the foundation that there has to be a resurrection in order for more life to come. Mm. And so with that, I would say that all of this stuff that we're doing, every daily pursuit that we're pursuing in terms of if, if we're believers or not, has to come from some, some type of resurrection um, that God uh, was behind and that God blesses. Last few questions. Um, we'll, we'll put that at bay for now. Uh, that can go down a lot of rabbit holes as well, uh, but it's good. Um, want to know, how do you respond in times of suffering? Uh, suffering is obviously inevitable. Um, I've been following the Jordan, Pe- Jordan Peterson. Um, he's a psychologist, and he speaks on, if we know one thing, is that we all suffer. So wanted to know how you respond in times of suffering. Um. Uh, I, I look at suffering, I guess, in, in a sense of um, it's molding me. Mm. It's pain and uh, despair and suffering has allowed me to grow the most. So even though those seasons of life are not fun, I don't wish them on anybody and I don't wish them on myself. Um, I also you know, consistently look, try to look through the lens of these are things that are building characteristics in me that I need. Mm. They're building grit. Um, the, they're building understanding. They're allowing me when I go through those seasons to relate better with people. Um, because most people, like, like you just said, everybody suffers. So through suffering, I'm able to relate better. And I guess that's the lens I look, look through. And then I guess through that suffering is what, what can I gain or garner from these, these times or these seasons that are going to be a benefit later on. Um, so if it's patience, Mm. If it's an ability to listen better, if it's ability to relate better, if it's um, humility, um, if it's maybe joy in in the times that I should be feeling joy, instead of you know forgetting those or taking those times for granted to really feel joy, um, I don't know. Those are all things so far that I've taken away from those seasons of suffering, and um, and I guess that's how I deal with it. They're lessons. Um, it's like a class in college or a class in high school that you really hate, that you don't want to be there, but you know you need to to graduate. I guess that's how my seasons kind of look like for in that. Mm, wonderful. Um, last few thoughts here uh, and question. Wanted to know, 
what is one thing on your heart that we did not cover that you'd like to share and also a, a word of encouragement uh, for the folks that are listening? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, it's just anybody that's listening, it, it feels like today, and I don't think it's anything new, but it feels like today a lot of us feel like we're alone. Um, it, we feel like we've been forgotten. We feel like it's super. the world is so confusing that we just don't have anything of solidity and, and um, any foundation to build on. And, and what I would tell people is a lot of people, most people are questioning those things authentic, authentically, mm-hmm. that you're not alone, um, that there is a God out there that loves you, that this world is a place uh, that is a journey that is exciting, um, that is joyful, um, that you are creating a story that is meaningful and impactful and, and that life is, is being blessed and given to us and we need to take advantage of it. And so I guess my, to sum it up, would just say you're not alone. In any season of life that you're in, you're not alone and don't ever think you are. Um, and then finally, I just you know say if, if you wanna be a part of Generous, uh, we, we're doing some awesome things, we're excited about what the future looks like, um, email us at info at generousmovement.com and uh, we would love to get you involved on um, either selling products, buying products, going on trips with us um, so that we can continue to try to make this world a better place. Wonderful. Well, Ben, thanks so much for some, uh, spending some time with me today. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Hey everyone, I hope you had a blast for this episode with Ben Higgins. I know I did. And if you like this, uh, there are many more. You can go back to the archives and look at our previous episodes. Um, And moving forward, I release one just about every week. uh, So you can tune in for a variety of narratives of people living as disciples of Christ. Um, Again, friendly reminder, if you'd like to be entered into this giveaway, uh, go online to Instagram, official guys like us. Follow the page comment in the recent post with Ben Higgins uh, with one other friend and anything else you'd like to add in uh, as well uh, for a chance to win uh, a free journal that's customized with text as well. Um, So thanks again for for tuning in uh, and I look forward to, to seeing you all in the future.